Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, a few trigger warnings for you and the listeners. Uh, We are going to be discussing things regarding horror movies, which could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse. There will likely be F-bombs, S-bombs, T-bombs, P-bombs, and all kinds of other bombs. So if you are not prepared for that, please take care of yourself. But if you are... Come on and join us for all the F-bombs and other bombs and whatnot. Yeah. No H-bombs. No H-bombs. Don't use those anymore. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. So today's guest is Shean Denevin, actress best known for such works as Cassic Blues, one of my favorites, as well as Sawney, Bean, or, uh, Sawney Flesh of a Man. And uh, Bite is another suggestion that IMDb has up here, but I'm more interested in checking out Hazel. That looks just horrifying and awesome. <laughs> in a good way. In, in a good way. <laughs> so, thank you for joining us, Shin. Um, anything that you're currently working on that you'd like to uh, mention before we get started? Um, so obviously things have been crazy at the moment with uh, COVID and everything. I had two features uh, lined up that I was meant to be shooting this year, kind of acting in, which have both been postponed till next year, hopefully. Um, but at the moment, I'm actually I've actually just launched, launched my own um, film production company, um, affecting films. Um, so I just got the kind of official certificate through from the government for that the other day. So I officially now have my own limited company, and yeah, yeah we're so that's exciting. And so yeah, we're shooting our first um, film starting next week, actually, which is a horror. Awesome. I I almost want to ask questions, but. Uh... <laughs> We could, uh, oh, by the way, so we'll uh, talk to you offline and get information to put together a bio and we can link to whatever you want to link to. So if you set up some sort of little uh, teaser page about what you're shooting, we can link to that and all kinds of stuff. Cool, cool. All right. So in this interview, we're going to be asking uh, three sets of questions covering childhood, adolescence, and then adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like, what may have influenced you at an early age, or... Um, yeah, just, just certain influences throughout your life. Um, the idea is that if we ask these questions in certain phases like that, we can you know, find out some interesting and common themes, but also maybe find out some unexpected ones, which is always a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be coming at the questions from multiple different angles, which sometimes triggers memories. Like, you know, we'll, we'll discuss things in childhood, then as adolescence, adolescence words, and then adulthood, which... Um, it's a fun process. But that being said, it isn't meant to be any kind of therapy session. So if at any time we ask a question that you're not comfortable answering, you can just say pass and, and we'll move past it. Okay, cool. I was just about to say, it sounds like it's going to be a therapy session. <laughs> it's, it's a little both, but it's, it's still uh-huh. fun. We keep it fun. Cool, cool. All right. So starting off with childhood, um, any, uh, any fun memories or uh, films, literature, anything that you can think of that uh, either scared you when you were a kid or, or inspired you as far as your interest in horror? Yeah, do you know, the first horror film I remember seeing, and it's also like, yeah, one of the things that scared me most of my life because I was way too young. I can't remember what age I was, but I was still sleeping in my mom's bed. So I must have been pretty young. I mean, I think I did sleep in my mom's bed until a bit older than most. But um, but like, you know, it was obviously like well before I would have started school. So I definitely would have been under five. Wow. Um, and my mom had already fallen asleep and we just had this little black and white television. So it was just this little black and white TV and it was up oh, in my mom's room. Creepier. 
Yeah, and, I, and my mum fell asleep, and I guess I was this little kid, and I, I couldn't sleep or something, so I put the TV on, and it was this horror film. And I to this day, I don't know what it was, but it was some, like, probably pretty kind of, like, trashy. But I do remember it was all these, like, and I ended up watching the whole film, and I say I don't know what age it was, maybe, like, three or four or something. And um, it was these teenagers and their parents have gone away and they play a record backwards and it summons some demons or the devil and then um and I remember there was some like scene with this like hand reaching up from the bed and pulling one of the characters under the bed and all this sort of stuff and I was absolutely terrified and I was in bed and I wanted to turn it off because I was too scared but I was too scared to get out of my bed in case when I put my foot down this hand grabbed and pulled me under <laughs> and like my, yeah and my mum was fast asleep so I ended up just having to watch the whole film and yeah and like yeah I think that kind of gave me nightmares for a long time afterwards <laughs> The record being played backwards. Was it in the 80s? Because I think I've got this one. Oh, you think? Oh, wow. This would be crazy. I could rewatch it again as an adult and see what it's like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been in the 80s. Well, I was born in 85. And as I say, this was when I was a, a few a few years old. So, yeah. It's actually almost by 90 by then. So or, Between 85 and 80. 90. Um, was also, there it might have been a... an old film, though. It could have already been out for a few True. years. Yeah. True. If it was on television. So, yeah. Mm. There are a series of small demon-looking critters that were running around in, in possibly a stop animation style. That I cannot remember. I mean, as I say, that you know, if I was so young, the memory's a little bit. There's just a few points I remember clearly. Okay, talking about uh, the gate. It's a great classic '80s film. It's actually got uh, Stephen Dorff in it when he was very little. Cool. Well, I am definitely going to watch that film, and I think if it's the same one, I think I will know. Um, and yeah, who knows? We, we might have just brought back some of my childhood trauma. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Chris. <laughs> when you said that uh, there was a, like a the, the thing try to grab from under the bed, uh, I'm guessing that was from the side of the bed, from the the foot of the bed. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, from the side of the bed. From the side of the bed. Because the reason I ask is because, you know, my memory when you're talking about something like that was from Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, reaching through the bed, I think it was. Uh, was that yes. the, the scene, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to watch the Freddy Krueger films as well, but like I quite enjoyed them. I think I was just that little bit older, so I was still get scared, but I wasn't like pure trauma like that first one was when I was only three or four um, right. um yeah and I, I remember as well when I was a little kid and we went to this um theme park in Spain with my family and some of my friends and we went there they had this like haunted house thing and I remember one of the parks you're walking through and there was all these pictures there was all film themed and there was all these pictures of like Freddy Krueger on the wall but they were all like silhouettes with light shining from behind but then one of them wasn't a picture and it moved and suddenly his um you know his knife fingers come through and rip the picture open and he jumps out and chases us um, yeah <laughs> nice any other uh, memories from early childhood um i remember watching Candyman and um being really distressed by the part with the baby in the in the bonfire if you remember mm. that part um and um getting kind of quite freaked out and then one of my friends who was around the same age as me but a bit you know a bit tougher maybe um she was like yeah she was like oh calm down they're not gonna kill the baby relax <laughs> and then <laughs> and we trying to trying to yeah yeah i know i'm fine <laughs> well it's always good to have friends with you when we watch scary movies you know 
I mean, it's it's good and bad. It heightens the experience when you watch a horror movie alone because obviously it's scarier when you're when you're alone. But it, mm. it does always make it more fun when you have a friend to look over to at that one scene where you're like, oh my god, wasn't that crazy? Mm-hmm, for sure, there can be there can be good points of both, and I like to do both. I remember um once when I, I was in the flat by myself and I was watching Paranormal Activity with all the lights off and my housemate came home and saw what I was doing. He's like, oh, he's, he's like quite scared of horror films. He's like, oh my God, are you fucking crazy? What are you doing? Are you watching this film by yourself? <laughs> and I was like, well, it makes it more effective, you know? It does, right? Yeah. Another, another childhood memory I remember when this is when I was quite young and me and my friend decided to watch The Exorcist together and we'd heard that it was like the scariest film ever. Um, and I fell asleep. I think you know, it was like, <laughs> it was, I, think, I think it was like quite late. You know, it was like little kids like sleepover, staying up past bed, r- bedtime, secretly putting it on. But she was terrified. And so she was shitting herself and kept trying to wake me up. Like, oh my God, Shane, please don't leave me alone with this film. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a film. Let me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember, was it Jeremiah Rosario that uh, had something like that happen when he was a kid? <laughs> I can't remember what movie it was. Actually, it might have been Candyman. Mm-hmm. I think it was Candyman. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He had gone over to a friend's house, and they were they put on Candyman, and everybody else fell asleep, and he stayed up watching it. By <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was in the opposite situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may have virtually met him. Uh, he's the one who did the Catsick Blues fan film, Catsick Blues, Sick Blues. Yes, yes. I know who he is. I've not, I've not actually met him, but I, um, um, I, I've seen his film. I've seen his fan film, and um, yeah, I've seen some of his um, kind of happenings online and stuff. Yeah, great work. Mm-hmm. He was actually the one that suggested we talk to you. Ah, yes. lovely. Very nice. Oh well, thank you to him then. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else? So we've got uh, what would you, what'd you say that was, Chris? Maybe the gate. Uh, it sounds like the gate. Yeah, they played a record backwards, and there were some little demon critters stop animation. I don't know if there was a hand that came out from under the bed, but I'm, I'm going to go with gate. Cool. Well, I, I'm definitely going to be watching the gate, and um, yeah, we'll it see. It is a classic. We'll see so if it brings back these memories. <laughs> that Candyman, Exorcist, any others? Oh, like horror films I watched when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I'm sure there would have been, but I'm sure I'm sure I would have watched other ones as well. But I can't think. It doesn't of have to be movies either. It could be you know stories that you read or um, TV shows or books. I used to love reading the Point horror books um, when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if you guys know them. So like the Point, they were like they churned out loads of novels and they had different things. They had like point romance and then they had, they were all like these romance stories and they had point horror. So I remember I used to love point horror books when I was a kid um, and used to like, yeah, I used to devour them. Not familiar with that series, but I think I, I, I know in general the concept of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember that haunted house experience as well, um, which also in that same place, that same haunted house, the one where you got chased by Freddy Krueger, they also, because I see each section, it was like a different film. And I remember the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre section as well. And with that one, they had this guy, and, and like it must have like just been a, I don't know, chainsaw but without the blade on it or something, because it's obviously an actor, but like it still was like a real chainsaw. So it's making the noise and he was proper like mm. swiping it so close to us. And I remember like, me and my friend were me and my friends I was with, we were at the back of the kind of queue people that were going through this house. You kind of all go through in a group together. And we were trying to run away from this guy behind us with the chainsaw so much that we like bumped into everyone and made the whole queue of people fall down like dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they achieved their goal there. I think that's yeah, probably for what sure. they're for. 
For sure. We have a similar thing here. It's a lot of our theme parks. You know, there's a Universal. What was it? Um, Universal Studios. Yeah, um, Halloween Horror Nights. There you go. They they used to do something similar where they would have people with chainsaws with, you know, no uh, no actual chain on them, but they are still a real chainsaw. So you hear it, you smell the gas. And, mm, yeah. Uh, but I think they've since canceled that because of liability okay. reasons or something. Oh really? Oh, well, uh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, no more well, fun. That makes me feel more hardcore for uh, going through it when I was like eight or something. Great. <laughs> so at the time, were you uh, were you enjoying it, or was it just pure terror, fear? I was enjoying it for sure. I've always liked scary stuff, and I've always enjoyed it. Um, apart from the gate, if it was the gate, apart from that first experience when I was only like three or four, which was too much, and like that was nasty. But everything else since then, even if I get scared, I do enjoy it. Oh, I've actually, I also, um, yeah, going back to childhood and thinking of other things. Yeah, I've always like had a fascination with horror and paranormal, that sort of stuff. I actually used to, when I was a kid, so I was brought up on this farm. And when I was a little kid, we used to like tell you stories that the barns, there were like these barns, old kind of barns um, up on the hill. We used to kind of tell stories that they were haunted. And we used to like dare, you know, egg each other on to kind of go up to them at night when it was dark. And we'd always, um, everyone would always like get scared before we got there and all run back down the hill screaming. And I, re- but, um, I remember one time I picked up the carriage and I did carry on and everyone else ran back screaming. And I was kind of the only one that went off, up and went into the barns by myself. And, and then I, came, I managed to convince myself that I had seen or heard a ghost. And I don't think I actually did see or hear anything, but I, like, I wanted to so much. I wanted to so much that I made myself <laughs> believe that I had. And I used to collect skulls when I was a kid as well, actually. Um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So again, like, cause I was brought up in the countryside on a farm, you know, sometimes animals will die and they just kind of get left. And so there would sometimes be like sheep skulls and animal skulls you'd find when you're out, out and about. And I used to, yeah, I used to like collect them. And yeah. And I remember once I used to keep them, um, kind of on top of a cupboard in my bedroom and once one of them fell off and so I was convinced that was a sign that our house was haunted as well because there was like ghost throngs. I was like and my mum telling me it probably just like near the edge and slipped I was like mum but of all the things in my room that was the skull that fell that's definitely a sign of ghosts right. <laughs> everything that could have fallen over no no yes. that was a go yes definitely also so you and Chris have some uh, yeah go, hmm? go ahead Steve I think you were an I was just gonna say you and Chris were, have some stuff in common <laughs> I have quite a few skulls Ah, good, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them human. Okay. Oh, I don't have any human skulls. Those are expensive. <laughs> well, not if you well, not if you source them yourself. This is uh... true. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go there, but props to you for doing so. <laughs> so you said you wanted to see a ghost. Uh, do you have any idea why? <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. I guess I just, do you know what? I actually, I think I probably do know why. I've just, I've always, I guess, liked the idea of um, magic or other worlds. And I guess that just ties in with that. I guess I've always wanted the idea of there being more than what we see and being able and being someone that would be able to like access that somehow would be able to, you know, I used to love fancy books when I was a kid as well. And ideas about, you know, people kind of, finding some magic amulet that takes them to some other land or something and even nowadays I'm super into sci-fi that's like one of my favorite genres now so I think yeah I think the kind of desire to want to see ghosts and things was just another desire to kind of want to see something more than the norm if that makes sense were you into uh sorry good I was just gonna say that that makes total sense it's uh Mm -hmm. if I may borrow a quote from Fox Mulder from the X-Files you want to believe 
Yes. <laughs> uh, were you into mythology at all? Um, not particularly, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason I, I ask is because I know, for for example, I don't know about Scottish, but I know Irish, there's a lot of mythology related to spirits and things like that. So mm. I thought maybe, no? Well, I don't know about mythology I mean, there's definitely, I guess you could cross when you talk about spirits and things. I mean, I used to like, I used to like want to believe in fairies when I was a kid as well. And, you know, I think there's quite a lot of um, 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 kind of stories about kind of fairies in Scotland and the fairy people and fairy lands and stuff. So I guess that's kind of touching on that. And yeah, as I, as I told you guys earlier, my, my name is the Gaelic word for fairies. So, Mm. yeah. Mm. And I guess you could also how can I say this? You know, the word mythology to some people, you know, the word means different things, you know, to, to you, maybe you just consider them stories, but not necessarily mythology, you know what mm. I mean? Um, For sure. So. Yeah. I guess when I think, when you say the word mythology, I guess I start thinking of um, like Greek mythology and stuff like that. Just um, cause those kind of words, I guess are often put together, but um, right. yeah. Mm. So you're interested in magic, other worlds, they're, the, you know, the idea of there being something more. And I certainly was. This, yeah, certainly was when I was a kid. Yeah. I know that we have talked to a couple different people from that area of the world and, you know, depending on what time, uh, things were going on, was Halloween becoming a thing over there for you where you were living when you were growing up? Oh, well, Halloween's always been a thing. And Halloween's, I mean, Halloween's um, a big thing in Scotland. It's more so than it is in England. And I mean, you like you guys out there got it from us. It's uh, Halloween originated in Scotland. That's where it started. I was just going to say, well, when we talked to not Simon Nicholas uh, Vince Berman, Vince, yes. um, he was the one that brought up the uh, you know the difference between the Irish, uh, Scottish uh, Halloween, and then you know obviously what it developed into in the U S versus the English Halloween. Um, where, where was it? How can I say this? Um, obviously what we have here in the U S has become much more commercialized. Um, what was it like when you were growing up? Sorry, we used to have turnips instead of pumpkins, which is a lot harder work because they're rock solid. Um, so yeah. And we used to, because as I say, I lived with my mom, we had this little cottage on a farm. Um, and so we would just like kind of steal them from the sheep field. The farmers would put them out for the sheep to eat. So we just go and like nick a, nick a turnip from the sheep's field and then carve that, which would, yeah, really, you'd have to put your muscles into it. Um, and we would do ducking for apples. So you'd have apples in a bowl and you've got to kind of put your face in the water and try and get one out. And then we would go guising. Um, so where we'd go, which you guys call trick-or-treating, right? So in Scotland, we call it guising. Um, okay. Yeah, you kind of go around knocking door to door do a little we you? would do we would do so we do like a little you do a little performance or something like do a little performance or do a little poem or something like that and then um yeah and then get some treats well that is Were there- much more admirable here in the states we just yell trick-or-treat and give me the candy you actually put on a performance and, and earn your candy right i think nowadays uh, that's what kids do i think nowadays it's just yeah, give me something. But um, yeah, when, when I was when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, you were meant to do a little turn. Uh, were costumes involved, or was it performance without costumes, or both? Costumes for sure, sure. Yeah, costumes. Did you have a favorite costume? Um, oh gosh, and to be honest, I don't think I had any particularly exciting costumes. And um, 
like probably just like witches and cats and stuff like that. I do remember when I was a, when I was like 12 and it was my final year in primary school just before I started high school and I was so I was getting to that age where I was starting to you know nearly going to my teens and starting to feel like I was grown up and um we were we were like oh we're almost too old to still go guising but let's do it because this will be the last year we get want to do it so me and my friends mm. went but um we were kind of also trying to be a bit cool so we decided to go I don't know what these costumes were meant to be but we just went in like ripped jeans with and fake cigarettes we got these like fake cigarettes from the joke shop where you like blow into them rather than suck and we puff up and so yeah we just went, went around guys and wearing like ripped jeans and pretending to smoke I'm not quite sure what we were meant to be but I think we we're just yeah <laughs> we thought we, were, we looked cool yeah just dressing up as older kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> You were the rowdy teenagers that you weren't actually yet. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Which I mean, that kind it, of it's kind of say. So, I was going to say kind of say something about my like sheltered Scottish countryside upbringing. I'm sure, like in the city like London, which is where I live now, the twelve year olds would have actually probably just been out in the street smoking. But <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, that well, that kind of leads into what I was my next question. I was going to ask: Did you have a favorite performance? I guess that might be the same one. Um. A favorite performance or like when I was guising at Halloween yes oh I don't know I don't really remember it, to be honest like that kind of tradition was like dying out as I was a kid so I think we only mm. did performances really when I was little um mm. and then by the time I was kind of getting a bit older the kids were not doing it anymore it was kind of a dying tradition um okay I remember we used to sing like Halloween songs and stuff around that time of year in my school though like I still remember some of them no, I'm curious what they are. <laughs> are you trying to make me sing on your podcast? <laughs> Only if you want to. I'm a lady of many talents, but um, singing, singing is not generally one. Although, although, yeah, the song, although the song is all about Halloween coming, and Halloween is nearly coming, so I'm kind of tempted to. If you look, but like, if I start, I might not stop, and then you'll regret it, because, yeah, it's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, do that to, to take us out of the show. <laughs> yeah. <There you> go. <laughs> okay. Um, how about a least favorite costume? Ooh, um, I don't know. I don't really remember any least favorite costumes, to be honest. Okay. Uh, was it, I'm going to say this. Um, did you, was there any particular pleasure in the act of dressing up or, or uh, going guising or is it, was it just kind of like a, a so-so thing you do? No, it was definitely pleasurable. It was really good fun. It was a great night of the year. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I used to really enjoy it. Many years later, when one of my friends that still lived in the little kind of village around where I was from when she had a kid, and I remember, like, being really excited. Oh, let's take him guys. And at this point, he was so little. He didn't really know what was going on. But because, like, all her friends... You wanted, just wanted to go. Yeah, but it wasn't just me. All of us all of us wanted an excuse to go guising again. So we went, and there was, like, four or five adults, all dressed up in full costume, and then one little two-year-old that had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes, we're all guising, and uh, this is our excuse. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, we literally just went around door-to-door -door again as, as grown women with this little two-year-old as, as our excuse, all, all in full costume. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think, how can I word this? I'm trying to think if there's something in particular about that, that you enjoyed. Was it part of the dressing up? Was it the, the make, I guess, make, make believe maybe, um, candy. Could yeah, be candy. I think, Any of the reasons. I think just, I, I think just like a bit of everything. I think, I think the excitement, I think just the feel of the evening. It has this like magical otherworldly feel. And it's the same, mm. like, 
it's, it's this, I guess the same. I mean, this is going off the hard subject, but I love Christmas as well. And it's the same thing. People always ask me, oh, what do you love about Christmas so much? And I'm like, oh, just the magic. And they're like, what do you mean? And I, it's just a feeling, I guess. And I think it was just the same with Halloween. It's just, I guess, the, this feeling of magic or that you're, you know, something is a bit different than the norm. And I guess going back to what I was talking about when I was younger about this, like always having this kind of longing or this desire to want to discover other worlds and stuff. So I guess when you have those kind of festivities, that's almost touching on that. That's about as close as we can get in the real life to kind of go into another world almost. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. It's, it's kind of an escapism in a way. Like other holidays, uh, like Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day, which has become kind of a bastardized version of the U.S. here. But um, yeah, certain holidays have have a feeling to them that you don't get with other holidays, where no matter what shitty mood you're in, you kind of eventually get uh, sucked into it. And, and it does just kind of give you that, um, I don't know, that fantastical otherworldly feeling or, or just some kind of theme that, that helps lighten mm-hmm. the mood. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's two different ways that you could look at it. I mean, there, escapism is sort of... Um, can I say this? There's like a positive and a negative. One is a, a desire to pull towards something. And one is a, a desire to push away from something mm-hmm. that, you know, you like, I like this. I want to go towards it. I don't like that. I don't want to move away from it. And so escapism was kind of, is kind of like the, I want to move away from it, yeah. but then there could also be it. And maybe at the same time, sometimes they coexist. Sometimes it's one, not, not the other, but there could also be something that draws her towards, you know, this, desire to explore this other world, be a part of it. Um, Does that speak anything to you? Is there, does that ring a bell? Yeah, for sure. No, I think I'm definitely more of the latter. So it's more about a kind of, I have this feeling of longing or desire to like lift the veil and, you know, see something else as opposed to trying to escape from anything. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So like discovery. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think that's quite just in my, personality and as I say when I was younger I used to kind of really want to find magical worlds and kind of stuff belong beyond the realm of this plane or whatever and and I'm older I'm kind of a bit more skeptical about that those sorts of things necessarily existing other than in the sense of storytelling and um, imagination which is still super powerful and important but I like to adventure in the real world now you know I am I'm super into like traveling and going other places like I've done like solo hikes through the Andes and um gone and lived in different countries and done lots of like Mm. yeah like so i still kind of have that desire to go and explore and have adventures i was just about to say it knowing knowing as an adult that it's less likely doesn't erase the desire no no (laughs) i miss traveling i want to go back to europe Mm. (laughs) andy sounds pretty cool i haven't gone there i the closest I've gotten so far is Central America. I haven't gotten to go to South America yet. Yeah, I've been to, I've done, I've been trips to South America for the last couple of years, actually. I've gone out there for a few months at a time and yeah, done a bit of, bit of adventuring around there. I've still got lots more to do though. I've still not been to the South of South America, right? Patagonia and everything, which I really want to do, but I really want to go to Antarctica. It's um, kind of really high on my bucket list. So I'm kind of, we'll do that hopefully at some point in my life as a trip together. I'll go and go trekking around Patagonia and go right down to Ushuaia on the very South and then um, try and get a boat and go to Antarctica. If you find any crashed UFOs, just just stay away. You know, okay. that's the whole thing. Plus, this this must be a reference to a film, right? The thing. <laughs> the thing. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, I, I thought you were going to make a reference. I, I thought you were making a reference to uh, Aliens versus Predator. Oh God, no, no, no. We don't count those. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Antarctica? 
I think it might have been. I, I don't know. I don't care to remember. No, if there's a show, <laughs> if there's a film about aliens and horror, and it happens in Antarctica, it's the thing. The thing. Okay. okay. But you know, I mean, I've kind of told you guys a little bit about my mindset now. You know, if I see the alien spacecraft, I definitely am going to have to go and explore them. I was thinking that to myself. I wasn't going to say that. Uh, possibly off topic, but what is it about Antarctica that fascinates you? Um, I think, um, do you know, again, like it's, it's kind of not off topic because I think it kind of goes back to these things is that it's still like one of the kind of least explored places. So um, I think it's, from a practical point of view, it's meant to be like beautiful, like, you know, just really stunning life, um, really stunning landscapes, um, you know, with regards to the kind of, what you'll see there and really incredible kind of nature and animal wildlife because you know they've never kind of built up fear of humans um from being so isolated but then it's also the element of yeah of just kind of feeling a bit like you're going to the final frontier and stuff you know um and as well just a really kind of shallow thing that is the only continent i've not been to so then i can say i've traveled in all seven continents <laughs> that, that, that's not a bad not bad bucket list uh achievement um, you had a group of friends that you played with. It seems was anybody else in the group into uh, horror or otherworldly things, or is it just you by yourself? Um. Oh well, do you know? I think I'm thinking of one of my poor friends that was like my neighbor growing up. I was a little bit older than her, and I think um I I used I used to like have quite a, a dominant personality when it came to her and so I think she wasn't particularly into it but I think I, she was kind of forced to be into it I think she spent a lot of the time hanging out with me just quite scared you know I'd like we're going ghost hunting or like and she'd be like oh I really don't want to she and I'm like come on let's go <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice you're gonna love it yeah and I remember she used to often make excuses like oh I can't come and play with you today I've got a really bad headache and like <laughs> sure you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> So not willingly. <laughs> um, how about any family members? Um, I mean, I think, I think all my family members are probably like quite interested in these sorts of things. And like, I think my mom would be really into like kind of we were talking about mythology early, really into kind of old Scottish stories. And my sister's quite into like um, kind of maybe some like kind of Wiccan ideas, and she likes tarot and that sort of stuff. And um. Yeah. My family are all total hippies, actually, basically. Um, all of mm -hmm. my, my brother as well, he's like a total hippie and I guess quite into quite a lot of spiritual stuff and stuff. So, but I mean, that, that's quite different for me, like in a way, like they're, um, I'd say all my family are kind of more spiritual minded, whereas I'm more scientific minded, certainly now as an adult. Um, mm. But um, I guess there's kind of some times and about being interested in sort of stuff. Definitely none of us are very kind of conservative or anything like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um just trying to cover all the bases because you never know, you know, what applies to whom. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have any recurring nightmares, maybe, as a child? Yeah, I used to. I used to have a recurring nightmare for a while, and it was this like character from I think it was from is it the Enid Blyton books, like the Faraway Tree, which is like a nice kid story but for some reason there was one of the characters called Moonface and I used to have this recurring nightmare about him but like so he's got like a face like a moon but in this nightmare that it would all be kind of like like melting away or decaying this kind of big moon face and I used to have a recurring nightmare about that and I remember my mom to kind of get me to stop the nightmares got me to like kind of draw a picture of him and then we like burnt it in the fire in some kind of ceremony um so hmm. I remember doing that it's an interesting mm. way of dealing with childhood phobias. I like that. Yeah. 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 As I say, my family are all hippies, so, you know, this is probably <laughs> <not> mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
What was it that scared you about the dream? Just the uh, the melting of the face, or was there something else about it that? I can't remember all that well, but I think yeah, I think it was just the feeling. To be honest, I mean, I remember having lots of others. There's a few nightmares that I can remember quite clearly from when I was a kid, but none that were necessarily recurring. Yeah, sometimes with dreams, you just have that. Uh, there's not really the content. It's just dreams work that way, where it's understood that you are afraid. Doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there ever a time when you were actually terrified of something as a child, like in real life? Nothing that I can really think of. No, um, I don't think. Okay. I think. I mean, well, probably like social situations more than anything spooky. I used to be. This is getting slightly older now. Like going into like high school, I used to be absolutely terrified when we had to do a social dance class. So it's basically like like um like Scottish country dial- dancing, like Kayleys and stuff, and you do everyone has to do like classes of that when you're in school and you know you have like boys pick girls and then girls pick boys and stuff like that and dance and like yeah that was that was fucking terrifying <laughs> <laughs> were you uh terrified because of like a skill thing or did it have to do with the actual social element of you know the girls picking boys and vice versa oh no it was i mean this is kind of a sad story but no it was the social element i was not very popular in school so it was kind of the yeah, the social stigma of um, knowing that if it was boys picking girls, I would never get picked. And so you'd just be like left Aww. on the side. And if it was girls picking boys, I'd be going over and you just like any boy I'd be walking towards, you'd just see this look of horror on their faces. They'd be like, oh, God, don't pick me. Don't pick me. You know? <laughs> well, I'm sure you don't have to worry about that anymore. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving into the teen years then, um, mm-hmm. you had mentioned paranormal activity with a flatmate. Was that when you were adult or teen? Uh, that was adult, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, that down a bit further. Um, so, what were the scary things that impacted you when you're in your teenage years? Um, let me think. It was funny. There was something I was going to say earlier when we were talking about it, and it's kind of slipped from my mind now. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I still, I still loved, yeah, like watching films and stuff. I can't remember any of them being. Um, I didn't really find them scary. Like from from my teens on, I didn't really find them scary. I would just enjoy it. And I still don't. I mean, I would love now, maybe you guys, I mean, I've watched, I watched quite a lot of horror films, but I'd love to find one that actually scares me. They don't now. I just enjoy them. But um, I remember, oh, this is kind of an interesting story when I was a teen where I got quite scared. Um, so when I was like, maybe like 15, 16, I was babysitting for my friend's little brother um, her family were, it was an overnight babysitting. Her family were going away somewhere. And um, she was away as well, so she couldn't babysit either. So it was just me and this like kind of little kid in the house and I was babysitting. And it was like, I put him to bed and um, I was kind of just about to go to sleep myself. And this is kind of quite, this is like a little small town in the Scottish countryside. And um, I hear like, I hear a vehicle pull into the drive. So I'm like, oh, that's strange. So I kind of peer out the window and there's this kind of van in the drive. I'm like, I wonder what they're doing here. And I think, oh, maybe they've just got lost and like they've just kind of using the drive to turn around to go back in the direction. But no, the um, these two people get out of the, these two men get out of the kind of van and then they go and they open the back doors of the van and then they kind of and I'm like what's going on and then one of them kind of walks around to the front of the house and I can hear them kind of at the front door so I kind of leave my bedroom and I go out and through the front door is through this porch and it's like all kind of glass so you can see through and then next thing I know I can see this figure has like come into the porch so somehow they've got in I was like oh my god there's someone in the house and so I'm like, oh my God, we're being burgled. Like they've got a white van, they've opened the back door, they've opened up so they can put stuff in there, load up with things and um 
and they, they managed to get in the house and this family had a pet dog and the pet dog was going absolutely mental like dogs will often bark when people come in but this dog it was like freaking out like crazy barking so I was like oh my god it's because we've got intruders we're totally being burgled and I was like what do I do what do I do and um, this was back this is before we all had mobile phones or anything so I didn't have a phone or anything the only phone in the house was the landline which I would have had to walk right past this glass door to get to and I was weighing up my options I was like I could do that but they could come out at any moment and there's a good chance I'll be caught and I'm thinking I've got to protect the little kid so I come up with this idea right I'll go into his bedroom I'll um, wake him up and we were only, it was only a low down window, but we were just on the ground floor. So it's like, right, we'll, I'll get him to like, we'll climb out the window and we'll like run to the neighbours and get help. And I was literally just about to do this. I'm like about to wake up this little kid. And then suddenly the door of this glass door opens and this man is standing right in the hallway. And I'm like, oh no, I'm too late. The burglars have caught me. And I'm so like they're frozen absolutely terrified and then the guy goes oh sorry I didn't mean to wake you we're just dropping the dog off and then he just left and didn't say anything else and so I didn't quite know what happened and it and then when um, when the family came back the next day the mum said oh I'm sorry I so I forgot to tell you our friends were coming around we're going to be we're going to be dog sitting for them so we give them the spare key and they came around to drop drop their dog off and I forgot to tell you I hope they didn't I hope they I heard they woke you up sorry about that and I, I never even told this family that I thought we were being broken and that I nearly like chucked their kid out the window to run and get help from the neighbours. But yeah, like obviously the dog was going so mental because they brought another dog uh-huh. and that's why they opened the back doors of the van because obviously they were keeping the dog in the back of the van and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in retrospect, yeah. all of it makes sense, especially the dog. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely can understand why that would have freaked you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, as you know, as a babysitter, you know that's part of the whole thing about babysitting is that you're responsible for someone else's kid. Yeah, that adds to yeah. the tension. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I was quite proud of myself that I came up with this plan to like go and get in, like save the little kid and climb out the window and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just, just a good, just a good job. That imagine if I'd just been a bit quicker in my thinking and I'd actually done it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that I almost didn't get us killed. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned uh, a couple other uh, influences. Lost my word. Yeah, influences. Thank you. Um, stuff that maybe didn't scare you, but maybe impacted you as a teen in in the horror genre. Yeah, let me think. What horror film did I like as a teen? Um, also, yeah. So that was all. You know, that was the classic era of all like Scream and I know what you did last summer. Um, urban legend, all those sorts of things. So that's what I was watching when I was a teenager. I tried recently, um, you know, because they made the TV series of Scream and I thought, oh, maybe it will be really like nice and sentimental and I watched that. But no, I was uh, definitely not a fan. I didn't get past Mm -hmm. the first couple of episodes. Not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even heard they made a TV show out of it. On the topic of looking for things to scare you, I'm sure you and Chris can have a conversation after the interview. <laughs> He's like an encyclopedia when it comes to movies. I have yeah. a few recommendations. Good, good. Well, I'm up for trying a thing, but I think, I don't know, like, I feel like, I just feel like it's not going to scare me. I feel like I'm, I mean, you might get the odd little jump or something that makes you feel a little bit on easier edge, but that proper way that horror affects some people, they get really just really scared i don't know it just yeah it doesn't happen with me and don't mean that doesn't mean i don't enjoy them i still really love watching them but it's oh yeah it's like an entertaining experience rather than a uncomfortable one you know 
Mm-hmm. I've found these days it's it's like um, yeah after you watch a certain amount of horror movies especially if you watch some of the more fucked up ones nothing really scares you anymore it just gets deeper and deeper down the hole of oh my god that's really fucked up but yeah. more so these days like uh, a few films I've seen recently they don't have a lot of gore or violence in them it's really just the tone and how the film is set and and things like that that really gets me on the edge of my seat like uh, mm-hmm. one I saw was called um, uh, I See You it's about these people that uh, break into someone's house and almost as like a challenge uh, they they see how long they can stay in their house without them knowing that they're there and um, yeah not a lot of violence in it just a lot a lot of the way the scenes are set and and how tense it is it's just yeah it actually Uh, scared me first time in a while that sounds good i like the concept well i'm definitely going to watch that and this is a little coincidence as well because on twitter today i was actually on a thread where people were talking about that and someone i follow on twitter put out a request asking for um horror films where people kind of break into um, a house with the intent of kind of doing something bad and maybe get more than they bargained for or something. So this was what we were, they wanted that. And this is this film, feature film Bite, which I'm in, which has not been released yet. So that's kind of the premise of that film. So I kind of was on on, okay. on this um, Twitter thread talking about that. And they were also talking about I See You. So you're the second people person to talk to me about it today. There you go. What was the other one that you've brought up before, Chris, about uh, the people who get more than they bargained for? Oh, which one? There are several. <laughs> Breaking into a house? Yeah, there's uh, Intruder, I think. Or, um, oh God, what, what is the name of it? It's the one with a woman who's agoraphobic and people break into her house and turns out that she's actually got a torture basement and and they're in for it now. That's the one I'm thinking of, yes. Okay. Interesting. It'll come there. to you. Yeah, I think it's Intruder. I don't, that doesn't seem like, I don't think that was the name, but we can come back to that. Um, okay. So scream last summer, urban legend, any others? Um, I'm sure there would have been, um, but they're the kind of the big teen ones that are coming, are coming to my head. Yeah. Do you remember what it was that you enjoyed particularly about scream? Um, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it was just really entertaining um, and I don't know, it was just, it was so of the time as well. I think it was such a cultural thing as well. Like, you know, everyone, that's true. everyone I knew that's would true. watch it and, and it was a standard thing. Like when you're in your teens, you know, like when you're in high school, that's what we'd be doing. It'd be like sleep, sleepovers, horror film sleepovers, you know, you'd kind of go around to friends' houses and watch horror films together. Um, yeah. So it was kind of, I think just all quite tied in with the kind of whole culture that too mm. i know here in the u.s scream was big not only in the theaters but is like a social thing yeah yeah um was there anything that you were legitimately legitimately scared well i guess you mentioned the babysitting thing yeah um anything else similar in, in that vein of real life scares um nothing i can think of just now apart from the babysitter thing um I feel like, I mean, not to um, tempt fate or blow my own trumpet, but I feel like I don't, I don't scare all that easily, and I kind of haven't since I was a, a teenager, really. So I, I don't get scared all that often. Like, I mean, I'm scared of like heights and stuff, um, which is obviously a very different thing. But even with that, I like to be scared. So I'm, I'm pretty scared of heights. But I have been skydiving a few times, and I've been bungee jumping, and I do rock climbing sometimes. So I like, I these things really scare me, but I do them anyway, you know. I like thrill, I guess. 
possibly off topic, but do you, did you feel like there was a defining moment in your life, in your life when those things changed where you went from being afraid of things to going, let's do this? No, I think it's always been since I was pretty young, to be honest. Um, yeah, I say I can, as I say, I can remember when I was a little kid and we used to like dare each other to kind of go up to the haunted barn and stuff. And I remember, you know, I would actually go up there whenever, uh, when everyone else had kind of run away. So I think I've always kind of been willing to be the bold one. Yeah. yeah. Well, like a, um, uh, an early defiance kind of thing. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you're naturally defiant. So I, I can see how it would start at an early age like that. Like, mm-hmm. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's definitely an element of I'm still like pretty stubborn as well like so yeah if someone says that I won't do something I'm like even if I don't really want to do it suddenly I'm like right I'm going to do it then (laughs) (laughs) uh this thing that you talked about with the uh the babysitters I'm guessing particularly because of the way it ended um in a positive note I'm guessing it didn't introduce any tech type of you know existing or lasting behavioral changes you didn't have like a phobia that come it came out of that no Nope, I think no, nothing, nothing like that. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I think you said that after twelve, you guys didn't really participate in Halloween anymore as a doing the the trick or treating or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Guiding or that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always reach out to the etymology things on this. Like, I'm, I'm curious. Maybe the phrase "guising" came from disguising. Like when you, if you do uh, a show. I wonder. Yeah, I think that probably that could definitely be the case. I'm not completely sure, but that seems seems right. That was my hunch too. Mm-hmm. Any reoccurring dreams as a teen? Um, do you know, I have I have a reoccurring dream which probably started with 99. I still get of um just like being chased. You know, I think it's pretty common, and the um the situation the scenario might change but it's always the same the same feeling but i find now as an adult um it doesn't like, it normally ends okay it doesn't really be it starts off really scary but then it normally ends quite hopeful like i'm normally i'm getting away from this thing i also oh, I, I also get oh talking about sleep stuff i have i get sleep paralysis all the time and i've had that since i was a teenager and i still get it like all mm. the time i mean like i might get it like every few days i'll get it it's like totally common for me um, I don't know if it's a weird thing with my interest in the macabre, but I am almost jealous of people who've experienced uh, sleep paralysis because I've oh. never had it, but I've, I've heard it's, it's <laughs> it is something. It, yeah. 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 No, you just, maybe I shouldn't be jealous. Yeah. I had it in my twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were saying? I, well, I was saying, you're not the first person to tell me that you're almost jealous. I, I knew someone and they were really into like spiritually stuff. And, and they believed that, um, sorry, my thing, my bar's listener keeps beating things. Sorry about that. Let me just give a little check and see what else. Um, yeah, they believed that um, apparently when you're in sleep paralysis, it's easier to get onto the astral plane. And so they were jealous that I that, that I could do this. Um, and they were like, oh, next time you have it, just try and access the astral plane. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's that simple. You know, just try and access the astral plane. Just, yeah. You know, I'm like, do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm only. Really, I'm only really too busy feeling like I'm dying and can't breathe. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, higher priorities at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Um. But but yeah. So I've had that for a long time, and yeah. Normally I don't, because obviously it can come with hallucinations and things as well. Normally I don't. Normally I'm very lucid with it, and because I get it so often, I'm just like, oh, it's this again, and I kind of 
will know exactly who I am and where I am and you know what day of the week it is and everything but um, occasionally we'll get it so that um, there's kind of more weird stuff going on I went through a really stressful time this is this is slightly moving away from teens but like um, it's carrying on my sleep paralysis but like when I was in my early 20s and I had this weird thing where I had kind of had this little thing with a guy and then he like stole my house keys which is weird but um and I got them back but I always had this fear that he might have made a copy and I always like nothing ever happened it was fine and obviously in retrospect I should have just like I should have just got my um, locks changed. But, you know, I was just in my early 20s and I like that's expensive to get your locks changed. And I just moved into a share flat. So I kind of didn't want to like, I'd literally only just moved in. So like, hey guys, everyone, like I brought some guy back and you fucking stole my keys. So now we're going to all get our locks changed. So I was kind of a bit too, too embarrassed to tell everyone. So I never did. But I like, I used to get really bad sleep paralysis then. And then I would always like think this guy was in the room. And even when I was awake, I almost like had, I don't know what the word, when you have like, um, auditory um hallucination Hallucination. yeah so I had that and it was weird because it was like genuine and this was when I was awake so I was totally conscious and I literally was here would hear it and I would like think I could hear breathing in the room like so clearly Mm -hmm. it was as real as a real sound and I'd be like oh my god he's like hiding in the room somewhere and I would like um you know and I would like and at this be when I'd be lying in bed at night, so I'd turn my light on and I'd go and search and I was convinced I was going to see it because I could hear this thing and I'd like open my cupboards and look under the bed and look everywhere and the noise would be gone. I was like, okay, I must have just imagined it. Get back to bed, turn my light off and then I would hear it again, just this <sighs> really clear and I'd hold my own breath to make sure it wasn't just me hearing my own breath and like it'd be there clear as anything. So I'd fucking like freak out and I'd get up and I'd turn the light on again and search the whole room and nothing. And so, yes, yeah, so that was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, no, that's like a common theme with sleep paralysis too. Is like it, it usually comes uh, uh, along with a presence in the room standing there. Because I guess the the first place your mind goes to when you can't move is there's also something else here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. And yeah, as I say, I don't normally get that because I get sleep paralysis so regularly. But yeah, just during this one period when I was obviously kind of a bit scared and stressed about this stuff, um, I was getting, yeah, I was having the hallucinations then. And then also not just while I was having sleep paralysis, yeah, also just in my kind of waking mind, also having auditory hallucinations. Yeah. Uh, moving into adult years then. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned paranormal, paranormal activity. Any other uh, movies uh, or books or any other kind of media as an adult that really impressed on you in the horror genre? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's been loads of good ones recently as I think like, yeah, horror is having a real kind of golden age at the moment with like quite interesting stuff. Like you have um, over the last few years, I've loved the witch hereditary raw get out. Oh God. Raw was so good. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's been like loads of, good stuff recently i really love um it's kind of on the edge of whether you'd call it horror or not but i love killing of a sacred deer um i have not seen that yet but i really mean to do it it's uh, uh it, it's got the whole just eerie ethereal vibe to it right yeah uh-huh. i love it and um i'm gonna probably i can't I can never pronounce his name um he's greek i believe um largos Yorgos Lanthimos, something like that. Um, but the mm. director, he's one of my favorite directors, so I kind of love all of his stuff. And Killing the Sacred Deer yeah. is actually probably my favorite of his. Um, so yeah, I Did love he Thoroughbreds, I think? Um, I'm not sure. The ones that I know of his, he, do, he did um, Dogtooth, which was in the Greek uh-huh. language. And then he's, so that was kind of one of his earlier ones. And then he kind of moved into making like more kind of like, um, Americanized ones, so using American actors and stuff. And he's got um, the lobster, killing the sacred deer, the favorite, which was more recent, 
Um, so that's his stuff. So most of his stuff is not horror, but just kind of killing yeah. the sacred deer kind of touched on it. That um, so I really loved that. I loved um, and then going back slightly further than some of the more recent ones I mentioned. I loved It Follows. Um, I loved I loved Cabin in the Woods just for its kind of twist on the genre. Um, mm. um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think there's been loads over the, over the last kind of ten years or so for sure. I agree. I I know I've seen, I think I saw Cabin in the Woods with Chris and one of our mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's been quite a lot, I think, of, of much better quality, I think, is where it's really benefiting these days as opposed to what we had in, you know, the 70s and 80s where the, the practical practical effects were, uh, were not as good as they are these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost a second golden age. I mean, you had your golden age of horror back in the '80s with all the slashers and everything, but but you're right; it's um, it's gaining a lot more popularity now, and we have much better technology. Yeah, well, I think I think what you've got now, and just particularly over the last few years, is you've got a lot of ones that are quite um, a different take in the genre, and um, you know, they're ones that are much more kind of psychological and just eerie and off kilter, and yeah, um, yes. kind of things that you know when you have things like as I see some of the ones I've already mentioned, like Hereditary or The Witch or these things, that it's just the kind of the whole feel of the film. Um, and yeah. Um. It's interesting to hear you talking about, you know, these, these different feels uh, because, you know, when we talked about your interest in horror as a child, you know, it was more about the fantasy and the, the exploration and uh, you know, the, the concept that there's, there's more out there that's unexplained. Mm. Um, and I do hear some of that in some of the ones that you just mentioned, like the ki- killing of a sacred deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also seems like some of the other ones that you're talking possibly being more suspenseful than necessarily um, graphic fantasy. Yeah, I would oh, yeah. I would agree, but I mean I would also put Killing of a Sacred Deer in that as well. It's very much just about the feel. I mean that's it's you know it's not so much about otherworldly or anything. It's very much about the weird off kilter kind of eerie feel. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would say that is the case. I guess the horror that I often like now is mm-hmm. yeah just about the kind of the kind of yeah not ne- not much necessarily gore or anything like that or much actual you know seeing of monsters or anything it's just about the kind of the atmosphere it creates uneasiness yeah the uneasy atmosphere and kind of mm. that reminds me of another one real quick uh this is actually uh, suspenseful and a little bit of fantasy and if you haven't seen it definitely check out uh the ritual the ritual That's very good cool I'm right. I'm writing these down. All of these ones you might recommend. <laughs> Any idea why, as an adult, you're now more interested in this uneasiness as opposed to that what you liked as a child? Um, I don't know. I mean, perhaps. So, I mean, I think, um, as I say, when I was younger, you know, I really wanted to believe in other worlds, and you know, I wanted to believe in ghosts and fairies and other dimensions and magical realms that I might be able to find my way to. And now, as an adult, I kind of I don't believe in that stuff in a literal sense. You know, I'm quite now. I'm actually quite practical and scientific minded um, with regards to my beliefs. Um, so, I guess in that sense, I feel like maybe the way to access, still have that desire and access these other things, it is about feelings. And I realize that it's actually inside us, you know, rather than, you know, there's not some other dimension where ghosts live, but like our own consciousness is a crazy thing that can tell stories and experience these things. So perhaps that makes more of a movement to me more interested in just the feelings something creates in the atmosphere. 
So exploring inside instead of outside. Mm, perhaps. Introspection. Mm. Um, it's not particularly related to any particular movie, but um, uh, I'll give you a vocabulary word that I picked up a couple of weeks ago that I hadn't heard before. Liminal space. Do you have any idea? Have you ever heard that before? I haven't heard it, no. Like, as opposed L- to subliminal, liminal space? I don't know if it's related or not, but it's spelled similar. L-I-M-N-I-L? Or maybe I-A-L at the end. Um, but it's, I guess, a word that defines or describes what's common in a lot of horror movies of this um, uneasy space that um, oh, is, yeah. o- is often like a trans transitional like it, like if you're at a school after hours in, yeah, in the middle of the night. Yeah, uh, an article on this. It's more like yes. unfamiliar areas. Like like say if you're traveling through states. Or it's familiar areas, but at an odd time. Like for example, yeah. the school is normally only you're only there during the day, not at night. Or a gas station if it's open during the day, but not at three o'clock in the morning. It's it's like this. It's something that's normal, but taken out of context or a space that's normal, but taken out of context. Yeah. I wonder if you could do that, have that same idea and have it with people as well. Cause I think that's one of the things that can be scariest. Um, like, you know, this idea that it's like, say a person that normally, you know, but they're not themselves. Like, and going back to nightmares, actually, I remember one nightmare I did have when I was a kid that was really scary, which was, it was not, it was just my mum and she was acting mostly normal. Everyone else thought she was fine, but I just knew it wasn't my mum anymore. Like um, Mm. she'd been taken over like Stepford Wife style. So I guess that's Mm. just made me think of that sort of thing, this idea of something that's normal, but it's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that would fall under liminal space. Mm. I think that's a, a very common human experience of uh, there's another word for it in the psychology area, um, disassociation. Mm-hmm. Um, so was there, has there been anything as an adult in real life that has scared you? So I, there's been a couple of experiences I have where I've been scared just by someone knocking at my door, um, like an unexpected time, which ironic, which, well, it's not ironic. I mean, that's just why I've written it, but this, kind of the first film that I'm making under my new production company which we're shooting next week is kind of about that so it's kind of inspired by that experiences but yeah like I remember I remember one time um I was living my housemate was this guy and I think he was maybe a bit of a dodgy guy and into I don't know what so I think maybe this was something to do with him but I remember like getting this kind of unexpected knock on the door in the early hours of the morning and I kind of went along and like looking through the little spy hole and somebody had their hand like fingers up there I could see the fingers were like covering so you can see who it was and I remember that finding that pretty and then they kept just banging on the door and I was kind of trying to back away and trying to not make any sound so they wouldn't know anyone was in and know I was there so I find that quite scary and then um and then a few years later I had another experience where I was home alone so I was in the flat by myself um and again there was a kind of unexpected knock on the door in the early hours of the morning and I kind of went up in this in this flat there was no spy hole or even chain on the door so like there's no way for me to look and see who's there unless I actually opened the door so I, I mm. and I, this person's like bah, probably like banging on the door and so I called out like who is it and then they just went totally silent nothing so I left it a few mm. minutes I went to go back to bed and then suddenly they just started banging again and so I come back I was like, like who is it nothing so I kind of start to back away again this banging starts again and I'm standing there and then suddenly this hand came through the letterbox and this hand started reaching for me through the letter through the letterbox okay <laughs> time to go to the kitchen and get a knife yeah right um 
Um, and or just call the cops. Yeah. Or I, that. I, I never found out what, eventually they went away after that. And so I never found out. I, my, I, it was probably just a drunk person that like got the door wrong. That's what I was of, thinking. Yeah, yeah probably. Pro- yeah. Probably what it was, but I did find that quite scary. And so, um, and I still, I still now like, yeah, sometimes if there's like kind of an unexpected late night knock at the door and it might just be like a housemate getting a late night delivery or something, but I'll be a bit nervous to go and be like, oh God, what's that? Of what? Food? Yeah. Maybe. Like what else would be delivered in <laughs> UPS guy knocking at three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be a food delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just the way, the way you said it made me think of like a FedEx guy coming at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. That that could be a that could be a short horror skit. Like yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, it's like the horror version of Land Shark. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, I think we you mentioned uh, I was. Next question was any reoccurring dreams as an, as an adult. I think you had said there was one that comes back to you now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said, I still, I, I have a reoccurring dream where being I'm chased. being chased, but it doesn't, yeah. it starts off scary, but I say it normally ends quite exhilarating. Like I feel like I'm managing to get away. Well, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Have you started participating in Halloween stuff again as an adult? Other than your uh, friend that had the two-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, not not. I mean, sometimes I'll go to a Halloween party, you know, um, and yeah. like, but that's you know, and people dress up. It's often as costume, but it's mainly more about drinking than any kind of traditional Halloween experience. Yeah, as you move on into adulthood, that seems to be more the the trend is less guising, less uh, more candy, drinking, more drinking, yeah. candy of the adult variety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you uh, found a horror crew, as Chris likes to call it, uh, as an adult? Do you have a group of friends that particularly like horror, or, or no? Um, no. In fact, in fact, most of my friends are not big horror fans, and most so most of them have not watched any of my films. But and like, hmm. um, which I don't mind to be honest, because it can be a bit, it can be a bit kind of cringy, a bit embarrassing when like people watching your films, especially if they're not particularly into horror. You know, if you know it's not going to be hmm. their thing. Um, so, so not really, but I mean, there's like obviously big online communities and stuff and even, you know, people like, people like you guys and with doing the films, I quite often get contacted and like, we'll chat with people and stuff and and online and things. Yeah. How did you get into the, uh, the acting part of it? Um, was it, were you always interested in acting or was it a, an interest in horror that led you towards acting or? No, I've always I've always been interested in acting. So I wanted I realized I wanted to be an actress when I was a little kid. I think maybe when I was like when I was like nine years old or something, I kind of realized that was what I wanted to do and kind of yeah. And so that's been the case since then. And it was never um a conscious choice to pursue horror. And I don't I don't just do horror, I do other stuff as well. So like the mm. the two features I was meant to be filming this year that have been postponed because of COVID. Um so like one of them was a rom com and one of them was like a heist movie. So, you know, I do other stuff as well. Um um, so, but, um, yeah, I happen to have done a, a, a bit of horror and I, I, I do enjoy it. It just kind of happened that way by chance, really. And, you know, I got, I got one and then I, I got one horror film and then the guys that made, um, Sony Flesh of Man or Lord of Darkness, as it's called over in the States, um, um, they saw that and then they offered me the role in that one. And so then, you know, as soon as you've done a, as soon as you've done a couple, you're more likely to get considered for others. So yeah, that kind of just happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So looking back over your entire life, um, I'm going to ask this two different ways. One is uh, what's your favorite movie? And then the other 
question is what movie would you say you've watched more times than any other, which may not necessarily be the same as your favorite movie. Cool. So, um, my, if I had to pick one movie to be my favorite, I would probably say, I mean, it's not horror. Is that okay? Um, I would probably say, um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Oh, it's oh. a great one. It's a great film nice. and it's, um, you know, and obviously it's a romance, it is, and lots of people think about that. But it's also a sci-fi. People forget that. So sci-fi, yeah. nowadays, um, sci-fi is probably my favorite genre. And, like, I, I watch a lot of sci-fi. I love reading sci-fi. When I, I love, I read loads of sci-fi. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't think about the sci-fi aspect of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but it is, of course, you know? Yeah, yeah it absolutely is sci-fi. It's almost uh, existential sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I'd maybe go for that for my favorite film. Film I've watched most... Oh, um, I'm not sure. That's a tricky one. Like, I mean, it would maybe. It would. Do you know what it would probably be? Actually, it would probably just be like a Disney film because you know if you start. <laughs> well, if you like, it'd probably be Aladdin because I I was obsessed with that when I was like when I was a kid. I wanted to be Princess Jasmine okay. more than I've probably ever wanted anything in my life, um, and so yes, yeah, so I watched it loads as a kid. And then I've still rewatched it a few times as an adult as well. So yeah, that's probably the film I've seen most. Yeah, Disney film makes makes sense actually. Yeah. <laughs> the reason that I like asking that question is because it does one of two things: it either reinforces something that you've already said, or it brings in an element that hasn't been talked about yet. Um, and in this case, Aladdin would reinforce stuff that we've already talked about in terms of uh, you know fantasy and exploring uh, you know what's out there. Mm. For sure. Or it also brings up something new, which is, uh, yeah, there there is that factor with the whole uh, movie you've watched the most times. When you're a kid, you watch movies endlessly. You can watch it five to 25 times in a day and still not have watched it enough times. Mm. Completely. Whereas so if it's a new film you discover as an adult, you're, even if you love it, you're probably only going to watch it a handful of times, really. Um, right. Yeah, I find, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, I've spoken to a few other people that have, like during this whole crazy time, and again, it might be different in the States, you know, here in the UK, we've been in lockdown and so we've had like many months, you know, where we can't really leave the house and stuff. And I find it's made me really kind of feel quite sentimental about stuff. So I've been wanting to like um, watch, because re- I don't normally rewatch films, to be honest. I normally I normally feel like there's so many different things there for me to experience. I, even if I love something, I'd rather experience something new. But over the last few months, I've, been re-watching loads of things like I re-watched the whole Buffy the Vampire Sle- series which I hadn't seen since I was like a teenager and um, yeah. I, I just um, I re- and then I like lots of kind of things I re-watched all the Harry Potter films <laughs> like I re-watched um, I re- yeah just like I re-watched um, yeah just like loads of films like from my younger years and stuff I've been feeling like the desire to watch again nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that makes perfect sense I can't say I have done that though There's a lot of things I should re-watch so looking back on the kinds of horror that you like, do you see any uh, common threads like cannibalism, occult, metaphysical? Um, I, I mean, I would say the common thread is kind of about the idea, I, I think mainly about the idea of psychological and just something that's like kind of, I guess, exploring, I don't know, like kind of minds thinking in, in different ways or um, – and again I think this ties into something I mentioned briefly when we were talking about liminal space and I was like I don't know I think the thing that I actually find scariest in horror is 
so I guess it's maybe going like more into possession, but not necessarily like straight up possession, but like this idea of like a person becoming something else. And um, like, mm-hmm. but, but like still looking the same, but like, so possession or someone's kind of losing their mind a little bit and kind of not quite losing their grasp on reality, this, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome. Well, for me, the, what, what I think the term imposter syndrome means is when people feel that they're, um, when they have some success, but they feel like they're an intruder and like they're actually just faking oh, you, it. That's, oh, that's what I think right. when I think of imposter syndrome. Right. So there's that one. What I meant by imposter syndrome is um, like, for example, you mentioned the dream that you had about your mother where you, you was like, this is my mother, but it's not my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe imposter isn't the right word, but I thought it was imposter syndrome. Doppelganger. That is, that is a word, but it wasn't the one I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, there, there's that as well as I think what she was just mentioning or uh, was also like she said, becoming something else where, you know, you start off as being who you are and, and gradually changing as well. Mm. Um, and as far as why it is that you like those things, I think we kind of already touched on a lot of that uh, in terms of in the earlier years, it was more exploratory and, you know, the looking at kind of like pulling back the veil, uh, you know, there being something more to the world than, than what we see mm-hmm. and also potentially changing as an adult and now being interested in these other things. Um, the last question would be why horror? Because there are other genres that maybe could expose some of these same emotions and same reactions. And I think you actually did touch on the fact that you also like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you might have sort of like a twin, uh, twin relationship between horror and sci-fi in, in those areas for the same reasons, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I like, um, I mean, one of the reasons that I really love sci-fi and I don't know if this would time with horror or not, but I like the way it can kind of, in a kind of na- in entertaining narrative form, it will of- often explore interesting concepts about the nature of existence. So it might look at consciousness or what it is to be human or time and how we experience time um, or and kind of stuff like that. So that's one of the reasons that I really love sci-fi, I think. Um, so I'm not sure if that would, if that ties in with horror. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why I like enjoy horror. Um, I mean, I think, well, I think what it is, I think I just, I like, I think I like as a person, I like to be kind of pushed out of my comfort zone and I quite like to be uncomfortable. And this is, you know, I'm earlier, I mentioned that I like, um, you know, I'm pretty scared of heights, but I have, I like going skydiving and bungee jumping and stuff like this. And I will get really scared. You know, I will be absolutely terrified and it's kind of almost an unpleasant experience, but um, there's something about it that I also am drawn to. So I think that's also the same reason I kind of like horror. Um, even though they don't scare me that much, I kind of, I want to watch something that is kind of pushing my boundaries. And and even with yeah. when I, even when I watch films that are not within the horror genre, I am much, I do much prefer the dark stuff. You know, I like, I like if I'm watching, you know, a drama, I want one that's going to make me cry. Um, you know, if I'm watching a thriller, I want something that's going to, you know, make me feel an edge. And so I kind of generally, and I'm like, like those kind of things that make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like a, like a safe discomfort. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. A safe discomfort. Mm -hmm. The word I was thinking of was was growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a tumor? Well, that too. (laughs) Like you say, about pushing boundaries, um, you did mention that even since childhood, you have, um, for lack of a better way to say it, a bit of a strong personality in terms of not being afraid and wanting to push those boundaries and, for lack of a better word, grow in mm-hmm. in all these different areas of your life uh, since childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see that being a partial common thread or one of the other common threads in along with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, seems like in your case, there's a couple different things going on. Um, and as we said, it also seems like there's been at least a little bit of a change from childhood to adulthood, which there's nothing wrong. People do change uh, as they grow older. Yeah, of course. You know, some yeah. people stay the same, but some people change that, That's perfectly natural. Mm-hmm. You are a complicated yet not boring individual, Shin. <laughs> Perfect, right. <laughs> do, I get that written, do I get that written on a certificate at the end of this or something? Yes. You, yeah. you can if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Send it to you in an email. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I think that pretty much brings us to the end. Um, before we wrap up the, uh, the closing of the call, did you want to uh, go over again anything that you wanted to pitch? Uh, pitch that you're working on like the affecting films yeah so this is yeah affecting films my new production company so it's brand new i actually literally just got my my certificate through in the post yesterday making the company official um um so yeah still in the very early stages but i'm i'm planning to make three shorts um over the next year so this first one which we're shooting next week um called knock knock which is um, a horror film about this woman that receives an unexpected late night knock at her door. Um, okay, yeah, right from real life. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then um, after that, I'm going to be shooting one called um, kind of working title anyway, Isolation, which is not to do with um, COVID. It was written before that, which is um, about this kind of woman on her kind of daily commute to work that suddenly discovers the city of London is deserted and everyone's banished. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a twist that happens with that. And then the third one is um, a kind of a sci-fi horror um, kind of alien invasion type thing. Um, um, okay. So, yeah. So, again, so they've all kind of got their their kind of darker side, their kind of horror edge to them. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like the side of all three of these. Thank you. Mm. So again, thank you uh, for being our guest and thank everybody out there who's listening. Um, we'll have a, we'll put together a bio and put it on the uh, Hormix is happy page and, you know, link to whatever it is that you'd like to link to. Um, so anybody who wants to come check that out, they can check that out. Uh, we've got other stuff on there as well. Uh, a list of people that were, we've already interviewed people that we want to interview merch, all kinds of stuff. T-shirts, um, t-shirts stickers. Um, also, if there's anybody on the list that you can help us uh, reach out to, that'd be great. Or if you want to have suggest somebody who could be added to the list, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, become a Patreon supporter, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, just come check us out. Let us know how we're doing. Horrormakesushappy.com Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. It's been lovely chatting with you. Same. Same Didn't even make you sing. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, yeah, we forgot the singing. <laughs>